This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. Look for their newest line, Pristine, the only complete line of pet food made with responsibly sourced ingredients. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org pets. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to the HRN Happy Hour. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN. Kat is out today, but we'll be checking in with her later for a little cat call, get it, about what she's been getting into <laughs> at the Decatur Book Festival in Georgia. So we're super happy to be back here in the studio kicking off our fall season. Today is day one of our fall 2017 radio season. And yay! We have some amazing guests in the studio. We have the team from Giant in Chicago. So I'm going to introduce you guys one by one, and we're really, really happy to have you here. So uh, first off, we have Jason Vincent. Hi, guys. And also uh, Ben Lusbader. Hello. And Josh Perlman. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys so much for coming out today. We're really happy that you're here to hang with us in our shipping container studio, having some Wolfer Rosé, having some beers, having some rice. Um, and we also have in the studio uh, Liza Ham. Hi there. And our fearless member coordinator, Hannah Forden. Hello, everybody. So, um, Liza, do you want to kick us off, talk a little bit about what we're going to do on the show today? Absolutely. Thanks, Katie. So, to ring in the fall season, HRN is adding five new shows to the lineup. We have Andrew Talks to Chefs, A Hungry Society, Meant to Be Eaten, Buen Limon Radio, and Modernist Breadcrumbs. Whether you're looking for intimate chef profiles, diverse voices in the food world, conversations about the state of food culture, a deep dive into all things bread, our very first show in Spanish. Yay! Our new, woohoo! Our new fall lineup will give you, we promise, our new fall lineup will give you something to add to your podcast queue. We're going to kick off the show with rapid fire headlines from the past week and then give you all a taste of what's coming this fall. We are also going to talk about some awesome events coming up this season, hear a little bit more from Jason and his team about um, their role, uh, sorry, about their roles at Giant, and then finally wrap it all up with trivia. We don't make roles. <laughs> Yet. Roles are made to be broken. Oh. <laughs> all right, David, give us our news music, please. There it is. Okay. On Radio Cherry Bomb this week, we checked in with the founder of Fluff Bake Bar, Rebecca Masson, to hear about what we can do to help Houston, which is her home city, in its time of need. Um, also stopping by was Katie Quinn, YouTube personality and avocado expert extraordinaire, author of the Short Stack Editions on Avocados. Also, Ashley Stanley, the founder of Love and Spoonfuls, joined in to talk about how her organization has rescued more than 7 million pounds of food and distributed it in the Boston area homeless shelters, food pantries, and soup kitchens. And on beer sessions, we were joined by Ethan Long of Rockaway Brewing, Pete Langill of KCBC Brewing, which we're all really big fans of. Yes, we are. And Joel Shelton of Shelton Brothers Imports to talk about their brewing adventures in Germany. 
The Speakeasy also invites back Souther from BevCon in Charleston and talks with Joseph Magliocchi, Dan McGee, and John Holtzinger of Mitcher's Distillery. Tune in to hear them discuss the history of the brand and the enduring power of American whiskeys and distilleries. Also, thanks, Mictors, for being an HRN partner. We love Yay! you guys. Uh, also on Snacky Tunes, superstar chef Lorena Garcia was on talking about her cuisine in restaurants like Chica in Las Vegas, her various Spanish-language cooking shows, cookbooks, and kitchenware line. Also, Brooklyn guitar rockers Boy Toy gave us an in-studio performance of their grunge rock meets surf jams sound. And Hannah? And finally, coming in uh, October 4th, Modernist Cuisine founder Nathan Mirafold and head chef Francisco Megoya will join Michael Harlan Turkel of our very own The Food Scene for Modernist Breadcrumbs, which is a special collaborative podcast series that takes a fresh look on one of the oldest staples of the human diet, bread. <laughs> I love bread. Waiting for David we, we to love do his, bread. Yeah. Um, from the microbes that power fermentation to the economics of growing grain, there's a story behind every loaf. Each episode will reveal those stories and more, beginning with bread's surprising and often complicated past and how bakers are shaping its future in different ways. They are joined by top bread bakers and experts from across the country through interviews captured by Turkel, a passionate cook, baker, author, and food photographer himself. Whether you love making bread or simply eating it, the show is sure to feed your curiosity and hunger for the truly great loaf. And uh, as we are getting into talking about our new shows for fall, I'm super excited about everything that's coming to our lineup. You can check it out in our email that we sent out, uh, our newsletter from this morning. Also, all of these shows have trailers on our website. But we um, have a show coming that I'm super, super stoked for. And um, David, I think, uh, can you turn down the news music? Because I want to draw really big attention to this show. This is a really big deal because this is our first ever podcast that we're doing in Spanish. And um, I think that this is really, really important, um, both for, like, for us as a network and also just for the food world to have. Uh, the show is called Buen Limon Radio. The hosts are uh, Mariana Velasquez and Diego Senor, who are amazing. So this is really groundbreaking as our first Spanish language show. It's going to feature guests who are going to discuss how food intersects with life and art. It's also going to feature live music, bands in the studio, and home cooking segments that Diego and Mariana are producing in their home with their friends and in their friends' homes. And um, I think that this it's going to be a variety show. It's going to speak to a lot of people. And uh, one of the segments that I'm really excited about is, um, it's called like the bone marrow. And it is um, going to feature interviews with people who obviously are Spanish speaking, who are working in restaurants around New York City, around the country, and really calling attention to people who might not be the top chef at a restaurant, but who are really the backbone of gastronomy in the city and in so many cities around the world. So I think it's really important, super exciting. Also, the hosts are amazing. Mariana Velasquez is an incredible food stylist. She's best known for styling Michelle Obama's cookbook, which was called American Grown. And um, Diego Senor is a veteran broadcast journalist. They're both from Colombia. They're a married couple. They're just brilliant. And I think this is going to be a really, really cool addition. So really excited to call attention to that. Um, plus we have, yeah. <laughs> um, 
we have three other shows also debuting in the next week that we're stoked about. Um, Hannah, do you want to talk about Andrew Talks to Chefs? Yeah, so um, Andrew Friedman is a frequent cookbook author and memoir collaborator, and he's going to bring us access to his expertise for a new show called Andrew Talks to Chefs. Um, so we're going to hear from Friedman himself, the author of the upcoming book, cookbook, um, Chefs, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Um, not, not, a cookbook. not cookbook, excuse yeah. me, just book. Um, um, and yeah, he's going to talk to some of the country's best chefs, and they're going to share their stories and funny experiences, plus a lot of entertaining philosophical debates. And Andrew is really good at pulling stories out of anybody. So these are going to be the like juiciest interviews on the network, I am pretty Ooh. sure. So tune in. Um, and also check out his book. You will recognize it by the 1960s uh, orange font <laughs> on the cover. You'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. Um, also, his show logo is outstanding. All of the show logos they are. are so good. <laughs> like, all the new ones are amazing. <laughs> um, we're also bringing on a new show talking about dining culture. This one is uh, hosted by Korsha Wilson, who runs the blog A Hungry Society, and the show name is incidentally A Hungry Society as well. So this is um, really calling attention to how, you know, we talk about food in the media a lot, it's really blowing up. Sometimes it feels like an echo chamber. We are talking a lot about like the same chefs again and again, and uh, really featuring a lot of the same voices. And one thing that Heritage Radio Network is always trying to do is to bring in new voices to the conversation. And um, Korsha is going to be celebrating unsung heroes in a hungry society to ensure that uh, we have diverse and inclusive coverage of the food scene. And um, really making sure that we're kind of thinking philosophically about dining culture. She um, did her first live show ever today, actually, with former HRN host Nicole Taylor as her first guest. Yay, Korsha. <laughs> awesome. And thanks, Nicole, for coming back in. And then another new show we have coming for fall is uh, Meant to be Eaten, which is hosted by Andrea Ween and produced by Coral Lee, who is one of our Yay. HRN interns, and she's amazing. We're super excited to... Uh, hear what they have to bring. So in a world filled with rainbow bagels, ramen burgers, we're all wondering, how are we supposed to mesh the old with the new without destroying food culture? Um, so Andrea is going to, uh, in Meant to Be Eaten, she's going to bring a conversation with chefs and entrepreneurs about what it means to serve up authentic food or what it means to be original, what quality means in our hyper-connected, highly Instagrammed lives. So we're really excited about all those new programs. Much needed, I think. And um, yeah, this is like such a big week for us because everybody's been kind of like on vacation, in and out. I feel like everything's been really kind of slow. Not really slow in the office. I actually feel like I've been really it's stressed out slow. coming back from vacation. But, <laughs> um, but I noticed this week that things are really picking up. So I think lots to come. We're getting a lot of pitches this week. And uh, it's just going to be a really exciting fall. Um, hopefully, you know, weather-wise, everything kind of uh, behaves because we are carefully watching the two hurricanes. Um, well, Harvey's not a hurricane anymore, but really thinking about um, everybody in Houston and uh, keeping an eye on Irma and thinking about folks in the Caribbean and South Florida right now and uh, hope that everybody is making the safe choice and um we're thinking of you, and uh, you're always welcome to come hang out with us at 100 Bogart. We have room for you <laughs> at our new office. So 
Um, can with I, that, can I, can I plug something real yes, quick? Yes, please. please. So do. Chris Shepard's um, Chris Shepard uh, is a Houston chef who's got a a really great um, foundation called SouthernSmoke.org. So they're taking donations right now to benefit uh, restaurant workers oh, that great. have been displaced awesome. by Harvey. So if anybody wants to uh, go help some people, do it. Tell us the URL again. Uh, southernsmoke.org. Great. Thank you. I was like, what's a URL? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> On the interweb. The internet thing. The directions. I knew the answer. Uh, so uh, do we still have Kat on the line, David? We should. Kat, are you there? Hello. 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 We miss you so much. Hi, Kat. I know. You. I miss you guys, too. Oh, how's Atlanta? Atlanta's great. I'm sitting right now in a restaurant in Smyrna, and I'm drinking a cider that was made in Marietta. So um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm there in spirit. I'm having my happy hour drink. We're having a Us happy too. hour drink with you. <laughs> we are yeah. all just uh, having a quick toast here with a shot of rye. So we're going to raise this glass to you, Kat. Cheers. Cheers. Amazing. Perfect timing. <laughs> Mm. Mm, I also want to point out. I also want to point out that the studio is not catless this week. There's Cat Taylor in the studio. Hi, Cat Taylor. Hey, Cat. Hey. She doesn't have headphones on. She doesn't know we're talking about. Oh, I'm like, why isn't she saying anything? (laughs) Give her a round of applause anyway. (laughs) Um, So, Cat, you just wrapped up covering the Decatur Book Festival. Tell us. First of all, what is the Decatur Book Festival? What was your favorite thing that you read and your favorite thing that you ate? Oh, okay. So the Decatur Book Festival is a giant, giant book festival put on by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It takes place in downtown Decatur. Um, if you don't know what Decatur is, just listen to the Outcast song that will tell you that Atlanta <laughs> is the city and Decatur is the neighborhood. Um, it is east of downtown, and there was an awesome culinary village um, that was sponsored by Springer Mountain Chicken, Springer Mountain Farms. Um, uh, there are a couple other companies that I'm blinking on right now, but they had a Big giant culinary stage set up. Big Green Egg was there. I don't know if they were sponsoring the stage, oh. though, but I was, I was lucky enough to be sitting next to Big Green Egg. Um, their tent and Rusty Bowers was making bacon yes. and peaches and oh, yeah, chicken I'm wings. Jealous. On the Big Green Egg, so I pretty much ate very well the whole weekend. You're rusty. Um, yeah, so um, one of my favorite events was our very own Michael Harlan Turkell was there to do a demo um, from his new book, Acid Trip. So he he cooked some chimichurri-coated chicken wings from the Big Green Egg and had a discussion with Kim Severson of the New York Times, and it was highly entertaining. Uh <laughs> Kim Severson's writing is amazing, but she's also hilarious in person, as I found out. So it was awesome, and I handed out about 200 um, bookmarks. Yay! That they said, I need a break, then listen to Heritage Radio Network, because food radio is lit. And I don't know how many people got it, but I appreciated it anyway. I keep I, I was like refreshing Instagram today to see how many likes we were getting on our new shows. I do that. Um, but every time it would like refresh and I saw that and I was like, because it's lit. It's, so good. it's a book festival. Get it. I thought it was so funny. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a minute to like sink it. That's a genius. It's worth it. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's it was just brilliant cat. Um, I saved a few, so I'll, I'll bring we you We were hoping. Back yeah, Liza is a bookmark <laughs> aficionado dress. Um, and uh, 
what's going on in the next couple of days? We are, um, you know, we're getting ready for Chef's Collab. Um, I guess that's only two days out, but what are you keeping busy with? Yeah, so I'm going to start out my day on Saturday by going to the Big Green Egg Culinary Center. Once again, Big Green Egg. Um, we can't escape them. And I'll Nor be, would we ever I'll want be, to. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be covering a lamb breakdown workshop that is kicking off. It's like a additional field trip to the summit. And then when Katie gets in, there's a welcome reception on Saturday. And then there's two full days Just of programming me. on Sunday and Monday. Uh, so looking forward to that. There's going to be a lot of awesome people in town. So I'm excited to be sticking around Atlanta for a few more days. I can't wait to see you. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I can't wait to show you around the city. We have to make our oh yay! We have to make our plans for meeting up. So I'll call you later about that. Cool. Um, but I got a rental car, so I'll come to you. Um, awesome. And yeah, we should uh, figure out what we're gonna eat. So excited! I have many ideas. Oh good. I thought you might. So I haven't made any plans. <laughs> <laughs> there's that one there's that one Asian chef, Chinese chef who just opened up a place. He's like moved around a bunch of times. He's supposed it's supposed to be amazing. It's in like a strip mall. I can't remember the name of it. I'll find it for you guys. Thank you. Yeah, it's supposed to be like crazy, We're there. crazy good. Awesome. Love that. Thank you. Um so yeah, Kat, really looking forward to seeing you in a couple of days. Um do you wanna hang with us for a little bit or do you wanna get back to your wine? She's already already dove back to the bottom of that glass. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you on the other side, girl. Um, So another big event coming up tomorrow is the Tasty Awards. So uh, a whole crew of us are going to check that out um, for in no small part because... Heritage Radio Network has been nominated. We're super excited. Uh, So this is the part of the Taste Talks Festival this weekend, and the Tasty Awards are going on Friday night. Um, Heritage Radio Network was nominated as the best nonprofit. So we are bursting with pride and super excited and also just uh, really thrilled to make that list along with a lot of other incredible nominees. So just to be in the pool, we're really, really stoked Plus, one of our shows got nominated for the best radio show slash podcast. So Dana Cowan's show, Speaking Broadly, was nominated. And another awesome top show of ours, Cherry Bomb, the magazine, was nominated for best magazine or zine category. So we're really rooting for everybody and um, super excited. It's also like a really fun show. They make it really entertaining. So I'm excited to kind of see what's on deck this year. There's going to be music and demonstrations and uh, comedy, I think. So super excited. Congratulations. It'll be good. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. We're uh, planning our jumpsuits. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we're coordinating (laughs) outfits. Yeah. Keep your eye out. (laughs) Totally down. Festive dress code. Here we come. Um, And uh, we also... um, it, you know, we're based obviously in New York City. We're here in Roberta's in Brooklyn. New York City had huge news yesterday, which is um, that from now on, a hundred percent of kids at New York City public schools will be getting free school lunch. So, 1.1 million school students uh, beginning this year are going to have access to free school lunch. The new initiative is going to reach an additional 200,000 students and save their families about $300 a year. That's amazing. That's awesome news. So this is, uh, you know, breaking news. Yeah, Yeah. I think we should drink to that because it really makes me proud to be a New York City resident. And um, And to pay taxes to to support this. I know. (laughs) It's really like it just kind of is one of those things where you're like, wow, I'm really proud of what 
this, um, you know, city government is doing and the, and the school lunch program. Uh, so it remains to be seen kind of uh, how that sourcing is going to look like, but I think also, um, you know, school food in New York City is very sensitive to sourcing locally and um, re really like being a part of a viable local food system here. So I think that this is just great. great news all around. Grass-fed beef. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're... Wild-caught fish. Super happy and proud. And uh, so David is hinting that we are going to take a quick break to have a word from our sponsor. Um, and this is a sponsor that we're really, really proud to be working with, um, Castor and Pollux. The ad will kind of speak for itself, but I just want to give them an extra shout-out because it's a great alignment. Uh, so cheers, guys. We'll be right back cheers. in a few minutes. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. You put a lot of care and thought into what you eat. After all, you're a food radio listener. That thoughtfulness goes hand in paw with how you feed your pets. Purposeful pet food doesn't happen by accident. Castor and Pollux scours the earth to carefully select the best organic and responsibly sourced ingredients. New Pristine from Castor and Pollux is the only complete line of pet food made with ingredients that are responsibly raised, caught, or grown. Feed your dog or cat the new standard, like grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, and vegetables grown without synthetic fertilizers or chemical pesticides. Pristine from Castor and Pollux. Purposeful pet food. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org slash pets. are back. This is HRN Happy Hour, and we are going to jump right in with our Happy Hour guests today. We have Jason Vincent, Ben Lesbader, and last but not least, Josh Perlman from the team at Giant. A We're so least. happy oh. to have you guys here. Um, so, Seen and not heard. Oh, come on. Um, keep, keep it that way. No. <laughs> we want to hear you. This is radio. Uh, so last time we spoke was at the Charleston Wine and Food Festival back in March. So we're really, really psyched that we're getting a chance to catch up and that you guys are in New York City. So um, first of all, Jason, we have to point out how well decorated you are as a chef and also that Giant has been getting so many awards. <laughs> uh, your hoodie and sports skitball shirt is uh, really, really <laughs> beautifully decorated, but also... These are her, you... this, these are his dress hoodies, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I picked and it up on the floor this morning and smelled it, and my wife's like, giving it the smell test? I'm like, I don't know why it matters. It's the only one I brought. <laughs> like, I'm putting it on one way or the other. 
Um, well, you know, pass fail, it's fine. We're all good here, all right. and it's radio, so um, our listeners can just imagine. But uh, the other type of decoration that we're talking about is Cochon 555 National Champion, Food and Wine Best New Chef, Michelin Beep Gourmand Award, and Thrillist Chef of the Year last year. And the latest is um, huge congratulations, guys, on making Bon Appetit's Best New Restaurant list. So good, awesome accomplishment. And uh, I want to talk about what an award like this means for you guys and for the business. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like we just, I just had an interview with uh, the Tribune yesterday, because and they were asking me the same thing. They were like, "We're we're actually from the business. Uh, we're the we want to concentrate on how this affects dollars and cents of your restaurant." It was, um, it was kind of a head scratcher because like we're we have a forty seat restaurant. And we're very 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 fortunate to be full every night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we're it's like it's like you know we don't know if it's affecting us. There's no metric. Like that we can, you know, you know, staple down and look at next year for this time this year and say, okay, well, we were this busy, so like these are the dollars and cents and whatever. Um, you know, the only thing we could honestly do, which we're not going to do, is like open Sundays and Mondays or do like brunch or lunch or something like that. And mm-hmm. that's not, that's not in the, that's not what we're gonna do. Yeah. Does it change anything for you on a personal level thinking about the business? Uh, I mean, uh, I think for, for all of us, it's a little bit, <clears throat> it's, it's a, I don't know if stability is the right word, but it's definitely, you sleep, I sleep a little bit better knowing that we're going to pay our investors back faster and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this will stretch out our, our business past like, you know, the slow season in the, in the winter, yeah. you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but we won't know that until February when we're <laughs> either looking at an empty restaurant or not, you know, um, but, you know, if we can look at last year, we, you know, we're, we're good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, and I'm not, try- yeah. I'm really not trying to sound cocky. I'm just, no, I, you know, it's like, reassuring. It's, it's yeah. anything else. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I don't really know the scene in Chicago, but in New York, that's, that's a rare feeling. Um, and I'm sure a satisfying and special one. Well, and I mean, like, honestly, you know, for, so there's, there is one thing where we, from the beginning, wanted to p- provide health insurance for our staff, and you know we're a small enough restaurant where we don't have to. It's mm-hmm. not there's no legal mandate to, you know, do anything like that. But we were like, you know, these are people that we're going to be working with, and these are going to be our family, and like, how do we do that? And you know, the the pay the check for that would be would it would break us. Like we wouldn't be able to do it. So we kind of started devising this plan about essentially splitting the cost of it us the employee and the customer mm. the three the cool. three revenue streams yeah. right so with something like this it kind of gave us a little bit of a boost to actually pull the trigger on that because you know we can we can we can take a, a gamble you know mm-hmm. we can take a gamble and and possibly potentially alienate a few people by adding a two percent surcharge onto their check um so far i mean josh correct me if i'm wrong but literally nobody is pushed back do you have some sort of explanate like do you explain we it do. on the menu okay. we do that's such a great precedent to set i mean we talk about making restaurants a, a more sustainable uh, career and it's so 
great to hear that you're you're doing that and I hope that other restaurants will take take the cue. Me too. And like honestly, you know, if anybody we've we've had some other restaurant people and non-restaurant people, you know, it's not even just a restaurant thing, it's a business thing. It's like mm-hmm. it's people taking care of people, working for people, yeah. wanting to, you know, curb attrition, curb turnover, things like that, you know, from a business perspective. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to know more about it, you can email any one of us. I, I think I had a conversation with a guest a month or so ago, and they didn't quite understand that health insurance isn't just part of their compensation package. Mm-hmm. And these people are obviously coming from more of a corporate sector, but it was just interesting to hear from them, which for us is just we understand that you don't have health insurance as a restaurant employee, and to be able to offer this. Um, if I remember just, correctly, the per- person you had that conversation with worked in the insurance industry for one of the oh, major wow. companies <laughs> wow and they were so it was a couple and one of them was uh concerned that we were going to face face a lot of, of pushback and yeah. we were going to like you know we we're going to kill our business yeah. mm-hmm. and the other one was like well i kind of wonder how this works and like let you know tell me more yeah. and it's like said keep in touch and i'll be happy to fill you in yeah well that's so amazing that it's like a conversation starter that you know people are reading the fine print and thinking about it and um you know there's i think there are like maybe more conversations happening about tipping not tipping having a service charge built in but that is so specific that i think it helps people really think clearly about the issue and and i hope that you got a lot more conversations from that and i hope Hope it goes well, but I think that's such a great precedent. And honestly, it's the I think the thing that we feel most confident about is is maybe it's a gamble, but the payoff is so big. Mm-hmm. And if people are uh, rational about it, then they look at it and they figure out that it's two per, it's literally two dollars off of a hundred dollar check. And right. they're like, you know, yeah, okay. Like Ben and I went back and forth for months. We were like, should it be one percent? What if it was two percent? three percent sounds like too much you know it was just like we were trying to like we were role playing you mm-hmm. know if i was a customer you know and that's yeah. what we landed on and to give the people uh credit the feedback we have gotten has been overwhelmingly positive so would you think about now raising that percentage based on talking to customers or do you think you're going to stick with the two percent for a while yeah, as long as we don't have to yeah um i think two percent is kind of a, a sweet spot and i mean we don't want to unnecessarily charge people Mm-hmm. If we're co- if it's covered, so. yeah, it just seems like a no brainer. Like I, as a customer, would never think twice about paying a two percent. No, right. well, that's I mean that's the thing too. There is there is, you know, it's not the same every month because it's based on sales, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's static for the customer, it's static for the employee. That's the most important thing. Like they we charge them a hundred dollars a month each, and that's it. It never changes. Mm-hmm. And then the the you know we have a slow month, then we pay more. And we, if we have a really good month, we pay less, but we are able to, like, save up for the slow month. Yeah. So it's, like, so cool. it just kind of works out. That and is. so far, we've hit, like, the numbers, like, on the dot. That's great. That's awesome. So wait, so we also noticed that Chicago was the one city to have two restaurants on the best list from Bon Appetit, right? They did? They did. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Not that we have to mention them. Uh-huh. No, they're but great. They're general. great. Absolutely <laughs> mention them. They're amazing people. It's a great restaurant. Well, more we just wanted, what do you think that says about the Chicago restaurant scene in general? Is that a big boon to you? Yeah, I think we've always thought of it as really healthy there. Mm-hmm. I've worked in a few cities, and I love working in Chicago. And even traveling, too. Like, 
as you travel, you want to try the other restaurants and see how they kind of stack up to what you think they're going to be like and to what you're used to. And personally speaking, and maybe I'm a little bit biased, I think Chicago has some of the best restaurants in the country. Um, they, they, it is what it, it is what's advertised. You know what I mean? Like you walk into a place and you're like, okay, this is a taco place. You get tacos. You don't get deconstructed tortillas with, Mm -hmm. you know, jalapeno foam and whatever. You get tacos (laughs) and it's just, and and they're great, you know? And you could walk into a dive bar and it's not a dive bar that's got bullet holes plastered (laughs) on it or something like that. It's a, it's a bar that's been there forever and it sucks and it's great. Yeah. Um, Well, in addition to the um, the additional like charge that we talked about, what have you guys been up to over the summer? Is anything changing on the menu at Giant? Other projects that you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Jason's landscaping what right now. What you doing? <laughs> but you, never mind. <laughs> oh, not manscaping. <laughs> oh. Obviously, he's never touched a razor. <laughs> oh, you want a you want a thing? Yeah. yeah. For those of but you, what who have you been up to this summer? Tell us. Uh, it, busy. It's a busy little <laughs> restaurant. Man. We opened um, a patio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so. It's it's fifty uh, percent more restaurant with no more kitchen. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's a it's a push. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's enough to do this summer. Yeah. How many seasons is your patio going to be open? Half of a season. <laughs> okay. We have a couple of heaters out there, so yeah. we're going to we're gonna push it as long as we can. Into um, Chicago. <laughs> There's a great six-week period of warmth. Right? Yeah, and who knows? There could be like a week in February that's just beautiful, so we'll <laughs> see. Probably not, but... We would have had it open sooner, but here's what happened. I decided that we needed to have it covered because of rain, mm-hmm. right? So right. we wanted to take that's reservations. So apparently the structure that was built needed a ber- building permit. So then we had to like wrestle with the city and mm-hmm. actually take it down. So it's completely my fault. I'm the bonehead that carved off two <laughs> months of patio season. Oh. But I think we're all pretty much ready for it to close for the winter. <laughs> There's always next year. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. So uh, now is the time I feel like we have to make the, the giant pun, like giant got giant. With the patio, but can you tell us the story of the origin of the name? Uh, well, we had a we had a different space that we were looking at, and had a name for it. Ben was never crazy about the name, and so that obviously matters. Would you tell us what the name was? Uh, it was <laughs> it was so I was reading a book called Chicken Soup with Rice by Maurice Sendak to yes. to my uh, kid. And the dedication to that book is to Mrs. Ida Pearls, uh, who is Maurice Sendak's Russian Jewish neighbor. But to me, it sounded like it sounded like uh, it sounded like nothing. It sounded like you don't you see that name and you're not expecting anything. So it, give, it would give us a lot of freedom to kind of do like work outside of a concept, which we really like. Mm. Um, but it just never sat right, and so then the space fell through and. Ben was like, it's like, this absolutely is not that name. And he's a thousand percent right. And we just kind of like started digging around and thinking of other things. And like, we were like in the space one day, I was like, man, isn't it giant? Like a stupid pun. 
and then <laughs> also at the same time had been reading Me and My Giant by Shel Silverstein to my kid, and I'm like, holy shit, it's like, it's not bad, right? And that's it. And Shel Silverstein is a resident of Logan Square. So where the where the restaurant was. is? Yeah. Really? Wow. Super, oh, wow. super dead. Um, I mean, <laughs> was once. I love that. But lives on. Yeah, I love that children's literature is the inspiration for both names. That's fantastic. <laughs> yep. Well, so when lit. I'm picturing Giant now, I'm also I just recent I'm like just catching up uh, on life, I guess. But I just watched the BFG. I know that came out like years ago, but. Was it good? Yeah, I loved it. Nice. And uh, and so now my my imagery of giant having not been there myself yet is uh, thinking about like this the scale of things and the snoz cumbers and uh, <laughs> all the lovely Roald Dahl esque things in the BFG. But also it's actually like got a lot of beautiful imagery in it. So that is a good thing. And like hindsight being what it is, like we now we can look out in the dining room and seeing all these all the people. We have a poster of the first three stanzas of me and my giant with mm-hmm. the foot and the little girl looking up. And the, how disarming it is for people, you know, like it's this restaurant that now thankfully is difficult to get into and you wait and you wait and you wait. And then the first thing you see is that. And it's just like, it's, you can't be mad. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's really good. Smart. Coupled with a terrific staff of just top notch professionals that really buy into what we want giant to be. And I mean, we couldn't be more fortunate to have them. Yeah, they make it, for sure. What's been on your agenda in New York City this week? We had this thing. That's why we're here. We had that Bon Appetit thing. (laughs) What are you talking about? I mean, are you eating stuff? Are you going around? Um, What are you guys doing? You're you're going to Hearts. Yeah, I'm going to Hearts as soon as I leave here. And then Olmstead for a second dinner. (laughs) As you must. Uh, I got Attaboy tonight. Awesome. I definitely plan on eating another one of the watermelon salads here before oh, cool. I leave because yes. that macadamia nut milk is very interesting, and I'm going to rip it off. <laughs> <laughs> You've been notified, Roberta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm doing an old standby Gramercy Tavern. Awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of been one of those places I tend to go to every time I'm in town. So. Yeah. Any great bites since you landed here? We, we did a team dinner at Uncle Boone's first night, so we brought a few people from the restaurant and their spouses. Ben's mm-hmm. girlfriend uh, is a pastry chef at uh, Proxy and Sepia in Chicago, so she came to help us out, and we all went to Uncle Boone's, and, like, I don't know, man. It's, I, I don't know if there's a better place I've been to. It's just so good. It's just so delicious. It is delicious. We were hoping you could give a, a little kind of comparison between Logan Square and Brooklyn. Uh, I don't. I honestly. I mean, I'm, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Brooklyn. Ben, you look yeah. like you have a thought. I'm. I'm thinking about it. I also haven't spent a ton of time here. I love Brooklyn, but for me, coming here infrequently, that still feels gigantic and um, sprawling and. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a name? More, much more varied, whereas Logan Square is also diverse and varied, but just geographically so much more contained. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we love it. You know, yeah. Most of us that work at the restaurant live there or nearby, um, and just kind of, it's home. Yeah. Nice. I think that says a lot to be able to live near where you work. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a lifesaver for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a reverse commuter myself at the moment, but... Um, 
facing some uh, upcoming transit shutdowns, definitely rethinking my life plan. If you could have a restaurant in another city, though, what city would that be? Any ones that comes to mind? Minneapolis. Ooh. Why, okay, why Minneapolis? Why. I think they're definitely on... They're experiencing kind of a renaissance in restaurants, I think. They've always had, like, one or two. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that have left Minneapolis that are now returning. Uh, Gavin Crayson's a perfect example. Um, and he's running a terrific restaurant there right now. So I think a lot of people are doing the same thing. And it's just access to outdoors. It has culture. Um, I mean, the weather sucks, obviously. But there are those two months where it's beautiful and people just really kind of get out and enjoy what what they have at their disposal so and I'm from there (laughs) (laughs) but it's really cool I you know I would consider moving back if we didn't have a restaurant in Chicago but uh, but you kind of do it's kind of a (laughs) pretty good one it's kind of a big deal (laughs) well We've been very fortunate. Annie's getting married in two weeks. Congratulations! Three weeks. Yay! <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> That's what the wedding cake is for. Oh, how nice! Yeah, we already made you a cake. You. It's made out of glue. Oh, great! <laughs> Looks delicious. <laughs> Smells great. I think uh, I think I might actually say Charleston. We were when we were okay. down there for the food and wine. It was just uh, it, like the quality of restaurants. It's like it really did remind me of Chicago, where it's like this is what it is come in you're gonna get the best of what we're what we promise we're gonna mm-hmm. deliver on what's the place called 167 raw 167 oh, raw yeah. oh my god i would go there every day if i lived in charleston wow 365 167 365 bro. <laughs> decatur <laughs> what about you ben uh, I am not sure. Every I love cities. I love all different cities, and every time I go to one, I can imagine myself living there, and then I get back to Chicago, and I remember why that's my home. But um, I don't know. I love Philadelphia. I'm from I'm from Pittsburgh, so Pennsylvania is dear to Here me. Here comes David um, on the mic. But <laughs> who me? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say something about Philly. Oh, I saw you jump up. Well, I'll say the pho is better in Philly than it is here for sure. <laughs> Fight words. Philadelphia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not new. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody said that already. <laughs> um, well, we are sort of starting to get to the end of our show window, but as I gave you a small premonition of earlier, Cleveland we Indians are exactly. We're having baseball trivia. Just kidding. <laughs> We're having really, really hard trivia about totally random stuff. Our theme for trivia today is ready. Giant stuff. So get ready. That's a really long explosion. (laughs) (laughs) Giant. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're going to jump right into this. And this is a a free for all trivia game. So just shout out. You you have like a buzzer of whatever sound you can make with your own. What's that person called who does the sound effects? Why is my brain broken? (laughs) Foley artist. Foley artist. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I win. (laughs) So we're going to start off with our giant trivia with a a total gimme. This one's this. I hope somebody gets this one. Sears Tower. Giant. What is the tallest (laughs) building in the world? Not Chicago. Burj Khalifa. There you go. Done. Where is the Burj Khalifa? Dubai. That's right. How tall is it? Very tall. Super tall. Uh, 267 stories. 
Is that really? Ah. I, I only no have way. it in feet. I have 2,716 feet, which sounds like yeah, probably, it's like 10-ish, right? I think you're right. Point. I think you're all right. <laughs> Josh, Jason, Ben, you are all correct. Uh, okay. Tiebreaker. <laughs> Next one. A horse named Radar has been awarded the title Largest Living Horse. How big would you say that Radar is? I don't really pay attention to those things. They're 550 not, they're not pounds. They're not really on my radar. Less. <laughs> 400 pounds. Wait, no, way more. Oh, way more. more. Hannah, no. I just can't read numbers. 267 stories. <laughs> 267 stories. Three tons. I'm going to say it's Would a Would you say that scale. he's taller or shorter than Ben? Taller. Ben, how tall are you? 6'2". Okay. Radar is 6'7". So you are correct. Oh. Um, this guy drinks 20 <laughs> gallons of water a day and eats 18 pounds of grain, and he weighs in at 2,400 pounds. Wow. Go Radar. Wow. Okay, so we're big. sitting. Radar love. We're sitting in Roberta's Pizza, <laughs> and uh, you guys just had to, uh, some pizza to eat. I want to know, roughly, you don't have to give me the exact number. Um, how big was the Guinness Book of World Records' largest pizza ever made? How long? Three hundred feet. You're way low. <laughs> One thousand feet. You're still super way low. How tall is the Burj Khalifa? <laughs> is the pizza larger or smaller than the Burj Khalifa? I think this is like the total area, smaller. though. It's not just the length. Oh, it's That's square feet. It's a, square it's feet. A super. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's a square pizza. Um, Who cares? It what's the okay. volume of that? <laughs> like the total. Okay. Area. How many calories? I'll, was I'll it tell you. Cut, I'll tell you how big the pizza was. But does anybody know what the pizza was named? I was supposed to say my favorite is that the pizza has. Name. John. <laughs> the pizza was called Octavia. Octavia. And also, there was a special dietary restriction that applied to this pizza. Does anybody want to guess which uh, dietary? No, yeah, gluten-free. it was gluten free. This pizza named Octavia was because one, people. Yeah, because people. They made <laughs> a the 13,580 <laughs> square foot pizza. 13,580 square feet. Named Octavia, and yeah, it was gluten-free. Yeah, wanted to eat. Yeah, so it was meant to uh, spread a message to the world about the importance of health-conscious food choices. But um, that's, beef. that's a lot of... It's uh, a lot of pizza. It's a lot of pizza. <laughs> and then the next, the guy's making it. Maybe next time I make them, I don't know, hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, guys, this is a Chicago giant things question. Apparently, two of the most giant spiders in the world are native to Chicago. Spiders? Ugh. Spiders. What are their names? Wolf Not spi- Octavia. Wolf spider? I don't think those are poisonous. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't say poisonous. No, giant. Just, poisonous. Just giant. I've never heard of these. Oh, it's the giants in the, in the name. The giant No, no, no. I'm just saying they, they are giant. But the wolf spider is not one of them. That's a the bio. brown recluse. Mm-mm. <laughs> those are tiny. Oh. Any others? It's Ziggy. It's not that small. <laughs> Bob. Um, do, I don't even want to know the answer because do I don't do want you, to spite. Do you want to know how big they I are? in Chicago is there's no... no I don't. Snakes. Okay, hold up your hand. That's how big they are. <gasps> the orb weaver and the dark fishing spider are both roughly the size of an average man's hand. So Benny might have Chicago a they larger live? than average hand. Yeah. Really? According to our Sweet crack dreams. team of trivia researchers. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever, <laughs> keep your eyes out, guys. You ever seen a coconut crab? No. Oh, Are, they don't sound like s- they're native to Chicago, though. No, they're not. You want to see something scary? <laughs> I Google do. that. Really? Okay. okay. Oh, my God. 
Sweet dreams. Uh, all right. What was the URL again for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Uh, it's it's fall. It's time for pumpkin spice everything. Lucky us. Which European country brags the world's largest pumpkin? Austria. Yeah, I was gonna say Austria. You're close. Germany. Yes. It's Germany. In 2016, Matja Willemine, Willemine, her award-winning pumpkin weighed in at 2,624.6 pounds. Wow. So uh, that's been our trivia game for today. It was pretty hard. Uh, you got the, the easy question, and uh, I hope that you don't encounter any of these giant spiders at Giant or anywhere in Chicago. And uh, I'm really, really glad that you guys were able to join us today. Welcome back, Fall. Oh, is this a picture? Okay, so I just Googled coconut crabs, and they are, like, the size of a, of a kindergartner. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I suggest all of our listeners Google it. It's kind of cute. No. Nothing. I mean, I would eat it. My dog. I would eat it. I don't want to be near it when it's Coconut lime, crab think. salad with pedashu waffle fries. Sounds delicious. Coming up for It'd spring 2018. I can't tell where its head is. See you but in your dreams. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cute. Um, okay, everybody. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much to Thank Ben, you. Jason, and Josh from Giant for joining us today. I hope that we'll see you back soon. Are you going to be in Charleston again? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll be thinking of you. And uh, I really hope to see you in Chicago very soon. And uh, always let us know when you're in New York City. We'd love to have you back to our studios. And I want to say a big thank you to our team. Our producer today is Liz Mystic. We have Hannah Forden and Liza Ham in the studio. My co-host Kat called in from beautiful Atlanta, where she's eating all the things without me until Saturday. Cat call. And cat our, call. I really enjoyed our cat call segment today. And our fearless engineer is Dave Tadashore. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As you know, Heritage Radio Network is a member-supported 501c3 nonprofit, so please check us out online, heritageradionetwork.org. And if you'd like to support the work that we do, please click on the beating heart in the top right of our webpage to donate. Check out all of our new shows this week, and happy fall, everybody. Thank you so much. for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.